I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Hump Day, the day that D-Cell celebrates for its remarkable terminology. D-Cell's the executive producer. I'm Bill Ryder, the host. This is CBS Sports Radio. We're glad you're here. Thanks. What's up? How's it going? We're also coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. Um, sending good thoughts out to the folks in southwest Florida who are in the path of that hurricane. Be safe. Be careful. Obviously hoping for minimum minimum damage as that hurricane makes landfall, I believe, today in, in, in southwest Florida. Phone number here on the show is uh, me coughing. That's it. I cough and then you get to call it. 855-212-4CBS. Or I was just getting emotional thinking about how happy D-Cell gets when he gets to answer the phone. Uh, He's wearing a Miami Hurricane shirt, which feels like Hurricane shirt. It's in bad taste. Either way, he came in today. He pitched a bunch of great topics and he said, Bill, I miss people calling and saying hi. And I said, D-Cell, I'm sorry that I haven't given the number out the right way. I'll do it at the start of the show. If you want to talk to Tom, he answers the phone. I'm not kidding. If you're listening right now and you just want to say hi to Tom, 855-212-4CBS. Good morning, Tom. I, I should give you more good mornings, too. You good? How's it going, buddy? Good morning, Bill. Happy hump day to you. Happy hump day to you, too, at CBS on Twitter, at Hump Day Superstar on his other uh, Twitter account. I'm on their sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Howard Beck's going to be on the show. We're, we're creeping back up toward the NBA season practices, training camp underway, media day a couple days ago, regular season begins in a couple weeks, so we'll hear from our buddy from Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck on the program in an hour. We've got buy or sell as we always do in the second hour of the show. We'll get into some lingering concerns about Tua and the tone deafness, at least to my ear, and I don't want to speak for you, Tom, but I think D-Cells as well, of the Lakers and Anthony Davis. We'll also talk about Aaron Judge. And what has been a obviously remarkable season, he is stuck at 60 home runs. And there really is a burden that comes with chasing history. That is a real thing. Guys feel it. Guys crave it. And we've seen a pretty serious, for judge by his standards, drought 
as he has tried to get to that hard-to-reach, that pinnacle, that 61st first home run. We'll get to all of that more on the show, and we will hit some soccer, U.S. men's national team concerns. We'll sneak that in there as well. You know, one of the things about about life and about sports, and this applies to Lamar Jackson and what has been a remarkable start to his season, and I think a reframing for people on his position not to be under an extended contract entering the season, one of the things we like to believe is that if you bet on yourself, everything is going to work out. Part of the idea of America, the notion you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps is true, but it doesn't make it true for everybody. The reality that you can have a rags-to-riches story in this country is absolutely accurate. One of the reasons it's the greatest country on earth I'm surrounded by, in the community I live in, several people who have done that. But it is the exception, not the rule. And the notion that betting on yourself is always going to work out is really nice to think about. But it's not always the reality. I have been impressed by Lamar Jackson. He has been absolutely incredible over the course of this season. The Ravens are 2-1, and one, and their only loss came in a game in which the Dolphins and Tua Tungabailoa mounted that ridiculous comeback down, what, 21 points and threw Tua through four fourth-quarter touchdowns. That's not something Lamar Jackson can really control. And I'm, I, I know you can get into the semantics of, well, if they had, you know, extended some drives longer. If Lamar Jackson's defense is going to give up four passing touchdowns in a fourth quarter, there's not a lot he can do. They've been awesome. He's been exceptional. He has been a threat both in the air and on the ground, even by the extreme measures of his own excellence. And the stats tell the tale. The dude has 10 passing touchdowns, but it's not really it. He's got two on the ground. He's got 12 touchdowns. You've got to include what he does with his feet to just two picks. They look like a contender. They're excellent. And there's this notion out there, and I think it's misplaced, that Lamar and the risk he took, I'm not going to sign a contract extension, the Ravens want to pay me, but I want Deshaun Watson money. The Ravens have offered to make me a very wealthy man, but I want even more. The notion that that has paid off is simply false. I got all the stats. I have his excellence. I know that he's moved as an MVP candidate from 22-1 to 1 to 7-1. to 1. That is a huge jump, and I recognize it could work out. We're only three games into this thing, and betting on yourself doesn't always work. The reality of the National Football League, the reality of the quarterback position, the reason the Ravens thought that they could have a middle ground. they got to get this guy under contract. This isn't about doubting Lamar Jackson. It's about the Ravens having believed that it was too steep a price for a guy who plays a position where if he gets injured pre-contract, and this is, I think, the important distinction. Lamar Jackson gets injured, severely injured, pre-contract extension. That is a Lamar Jackson problem, and it costs him a whole bunch of wealth. And there's stories out today about, former Ravens and people in the NFL saying that publicly, reportedly saying it to him, saying, hey, man, it only takes one play. doesn't matter if you've made it three games. You've got to make it 17. You've got to make it every play of the NFL season. But the reason the Ravens also haven't paid Lamar Jackson is that they give him that extension, and it is Deshaun Watson money. And I'm just going to pull a number out of a hat here because it's hard to get a gauge on what exactly Lamar wants. But let's go with, with Deshaun Watson cash. Let's say it's $250 million guaranteed the Ravens sign sign, sign away. Guaranteed. Well, the moment that that injury happens, we don't want it to, but if it does, it becomes a Ravens problem. And all the talk now, as Jackson has been exceptional, as he has surpassed his MVP season from a few seasons ago, 
as he has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, is around whether or not Lamar Jackson betting on himself is at an even higher level. And that's the subcontext, I think, to the question from the reporter during availability yesterday, where Lamar is asked whether this is, and again, you have to hear the subcontext here, about him betting on himself. The question here is, hey, Lamar, is this the best you've ever played? Lamar, you're doing things, again, that no other quarterback in NFL history has done. I mean, three-plus touchdown passes and 100 yards rushing in back-to-back weeks. That's never been done in NFL history. Do you take pride in doing things that that some people might consider is, is, is groundbreaking? I want to win. Like I told you last week, when, when someone asked me like, a similar question, I just want to win. And by doing that, I just got to do what I do, play Lamar football. I mean, I get it, and I don't doubt he wants to win, but can we please do away with the silly notion that he doesn't care about the contract because winning's everything? If winning was everything, he'd play for $5 a day. If winning was everything, he'd play for a reduced contract and be like, ah, I don't care. I make $10 million, I make $100 million, I make $250 million guaranteed. I just want to win. No, he wants to get paid whatever he wants to get paid. And again, we're, we're playing here in this next clip armchair psychologist. I get it. But John Harbaugh, the, the head coach of the Ravens, tends to be pretty... Pretty optimistic. He's the more sort of glowy, happy-go-lucky of the Harbaugh brothers. He tends to be effusive in his praise of his guys. That's part of his approach and style. He tends to see the glass half full, different than, than Pretty Daddy D-Cell, as we established yesterday on National Nickname Day. And to, to my ear, asked about Lamar's excellence, his head coach, and you can, you can make your own determination here, sounds pretty put out to me. When people talk about Lamar, they always talk about that 2019 MVP season. It was a great season. Do you feel, though, the way he has played so far this year, that he's even playing better at a you know, higher level than he did in 19? You know, I'm not going to do that question. You know, that's you know, two different years, two different lifetimes. I promise you, if Lamar Jackson were under contract for $300 million guaranteed, he would have absolutely answered that question. So the narrative today, and I understand it, and it's everywhere, is Lamar Jackson prove the doubters wrong. Lamar Jackson bet on himself. Lamar Jackson made it. Lamar Jackson showed that you have to just take forge your own path. And I really hope that it goes that route. I really hope it goes that direction. But there are no guarantees that he's going to remain healthy. And nothing has changed from the moment he crossed his own Rubicon and said, I'm going to play the season without this extension. Making it three games through an NFL season does not guarantee that you will not get injured. Making it three incredible games through the NFL season does not ensure that you're going to be okay. And the fact is that the idea of betting on yourself, which Lamar Jackson's done, and in much less important ways to you and in the universe, but certainly important to me, I've done, and friends have done. And the fact is, and I think I can speak to this because of the what I realize is often the arbitrary nature of success, There's no guarantee Lamar Jackson is going to be okay with this decision. I hope that he is. I'm rooting for him. I do not want to see people fail because of injury. And whether someone makes 30 grand a year or $300 million over the course of a few years, I don't want to see anyone's livelihood derailed and upended by something they can't control. I don't. But that doesn't, you know, if wishes were fishes and all that, I can't change, because of what I want, the reality Lamar Jackson could could get injured. I work in a pretty arbitrary business. And by the way, it feels like every business today is pretty arbitrary, pretty difficult. You probably do, too. Sports media is weird. And I remember when I I moved to L.A. from Kansas City, 
I mean, a few years before that, I had never been to Los Angeles, California, and I'd been to New York maybe once in my life. I didn't see the ocean until I was 20. So when I'm in the Midwest, I get moved to, to L.A. To, to do TV, and my wife and I thought it was funny. Literally, we thought it was a mistake. The joke was there must be a guy named Phil Biter that they confused us for when Fox Sports 1 hired me. And we thought we would just kind of go, really, and fail. Some of you were, I get, I get the joke, you already did, I got it. But like, And just go back to the Midwest and work at newspapers again. That's sort of what we thought would happen. And I'm a lucky dude, I'm a blessed dude, I get it. But looking back at the, at the luck and the arbitrary nature of all that, I, I bet, I guess, in my career, bet on me, just like 10 other colleagues, and three of us are still in the business, and seven of us aren't, and five of those seven deserve to be. I got a friend, not really a friend, I got a colleague who several years later, having seen me make that transition to TV, and it is a, it is a different life. It's, it, you know, as a kid that had never been to the coast, it's cool to live in L.A. and New York. It's sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of it. And a friend of mine, or sort of colleague friend of mine, reached out and wanted to go do television and leave his, his great newspaper job. And I'd seen enough to know that it doesn't matter how good you are, you can get unlucky. And I also thought he wasn't particularly talented in that, in that respect. And he asked me my advice, which is normally people just asking to be praised. He said, I got this job offer. I want to go to the TV thing. Should I do it? I said, no. I think you'll probably fail. Most people do. Betting on yourself sounds like a good idea, but it doesn't always work out. And that guy didn't love that answer, and we haven't talked much since then. And he failed, and his life is miserable. And I take no pleasure in that. My point is, my life experience and the reality of how difficult it is at the highest levels of, of gambling with your career make me really leery for guys like Lamar Jackson. Nothing's changed in terms of his talent. We all knew the guy was capable in the regular season. And by the way, you're good enough in the regular season, you're going to get paid no matter what you do in the postseason. See Kirk Cousins. And I'm not condemning Lamar Jackson, if he's healthy, I hope he is for his career, to a life of failure in the playoffs. I'm simply saying it has no bearing on what you get paid. Lamar Jackson can still prove he can be better in the postseason going forward than he has in the past. But it doesn't matter. There aren't many guys on the face of the earth who play the quarterback position well enough to be good or great in the regular season. If he can stay healthy, he's worth the money. He's worth the hype. The guy's won an MVP at a young age. And if you've watched him this year, he is really dynamic. On a level beyond Jalen Hurts, but Hurts has been more, I think has been a lot of focus on him too, he, Lamar Jackson, has been able to combine his athleticism and his ability to break down defenses with his legs with an approach and style in his passing game that's effective at the National Football League level. He's awesome. That's not the question. Nothing has changed in the fact that there was massive amounts of money, massive amounts of money available to him, and that he passed up. And God forbid there's a bad play, there's a bad moment, there's one of those unfair turns that happen in life, and that certainly happened in the National Football League. It is still, despite his start, going to be one of the bigger mistakes anyone's made in the history of professional football. This guy's got 10 passing touchdowns and two picks. He's got two rushing touchdowns, so it's 12-2. to two. He could be, I'm not good at math, but he could be eight games into this thing and be at, I don't know, 40 total touchdowns and four picks. And it, it is not a good decision unless he makes it through the season and healthy. Hopefully he will. Hopefully he does. I'm rooting for the guy. And I I think it's incredible what he's accomplished so far. But I think everyone needs to hold off on the narrative, look how he's proven them wrong. It's the opposite for me. The better he plays, because obviously there's a motivation and a focus when you're playing for your career, when you're playing for a contract. And and people tend to get really angry at athletes for a variety of stupid reasons, I think, when, when it's a contract year. Why can't they play like that every year? 
I don't know, man, why don't you work as hard when the boss isn't in the office as when he is? Like, it, it is human nature when you feel like there is something of value to you at stake to be better at your job. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people over the course of my career are better at pretending they work than actually working. And I can promise you in those situations, I'm thinking of, I won't say their name, but I'm thinking of somebody in Des Moines, thinking of somebody in Kansas City. I just go through every city I've lived in, every place that I've been, thinking of various people, several back in the day. I promise when the boss is at the office, it's a different reality when the boss ain't. It's human nature. Of course, Lamar Jackson was going to be his most focused version this season. Of course, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Of course, he's going to demonstrate what he can do. His excellence was never in question. What was always in question when he made this decision is whether he can stay healthy. And he's done it for three games, but that, that does not prove him right betting on himself. The idea of betting on yourself is great. I've done it in my own life. You've probably done it too. It's still filled with tons of risk. And I, my reaction to Lamar Jackson's excellence this year is not relief. It is even more worry because it is under stark display under that massive spotlight, spotlight of his own excellence in the start of the season what he is endangering financially based on the way that he plays if something goes wrong. Not to be a Debbie Downer, not to be that that person, but I can't get to the whole, he did it, he proved everybody wrong. No, man, this is just a proof, it's an example, it's a concentration of what he's risking. 855-212-4CBS if you want to call us, or call Diesel. Call Tom. Tell him what's up. He's wearing a Miami Hurricane shirt today. 855-212-4CBS to... Pretty Daddy D-Cell, the nickname that we gave him yesterday. We're going to see, uh, I guess we're going to see if it if it sticks. Aaron Judge is chasing 61. He's chasing history. And in the chase, and in how it is, for the moment at least, stalled, and congrats to the Yankees for, for clinching the division last night, and, and how it is stalled, it is proof that history, that these sorts of moments that matter to fans, matter even more to the athletes involved. It cuts through the greed. It cuts through the cynicism. It cuts through the everydayness. I would imagine what it's like. I don't know. Being a superstar... Aaron Judge, in his chase for immortality, looks really human. It's really interesting. We'll get into it next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Thank you for calling in, a few of you, at 855-212-4CBS and just telling D-Cell hi. Alan, who, who tweets at us a lot, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R at D-Cell CBS. Pretty daddy, get on that mic. Tell me what happened. Do you feel better? Did it work? Did you like it? Was it... Do you feel connected? Allen in Manitoba wished me a happy hump day. It felt like he called because he said, uh, it sounded like you could use somebody being nice to you for a change on the show. He listens every day. He's a loyal listener. So thank you, Allen. And I appreciate you being nice to me. I'm not making this up. If you just, if you're lonely, if you just want to, if you think Dom's lonely, 855-212-4CBS. All right. So Aaron Judge has been stuck at 60 for a minute now. And one of the, one of the things that I that I learned about about these these athletes we talk about and cover, when I went from being just because I still am this an annoying reporter to someone these poor folks were forced to socialize with, I got a great Chauncey Billups story on that. By the way, uh, I uh, I realized that the notion and the idea that I used to believe, by the way, that they don't read. You know, you hear I don't read everything, I don't read anything, and they don't care about certain things is dumb and is wrong. Highlighted by, I'm obsessed with greatest of all time conversations and ranking lists. My wife, Lori, hates it. She gets mad at me. I'm like, like, let's rank our five favorite dinners. Like, she, no, let's just cook <laughs> one. Leave me alone. Those guys on the air, on the record, right on radio or TV, 
will pretend they never think about it. But you get them in a, you get a beer in them, you get the door closed, and they are off and running on their perspective. Because history matters. The first time and the only time I'll ever see Gary Payton cry was when he found out he was in the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, these guys are as enamored by the history of the game as any of us. And there's no doubt that's the reason Judge has gone, what, seven games now without that home run that would get him to, to 61 in the fake mark of history. Because unfortunately, Barry Bonds is still out there. I know that we pretend it didn't happen, but that's the real number I wish we could break. It is the second longest drought for Judge of the season. And I know it's secondary in the long run to the Yankees' success, and they, they clinched that division last night. But you can just tell, you can feel that, that there's a little bit of nerves. And that's part of what made the Maris chase so incredible and so remarkable. It's not just the number that he hit, Roger Maris, and the era in which he did it. But the fact nobody wanted him to accomplish that number. He was not someone who was a fan favorite. And here's a little fun fact, too, about the arbitrary nature of history. This is according to Baseball Savant, which is a euphemism maybe for Andrew Bogish. I'm not sure. But according to the website Baseball Savant, that if Mr. Judge played every game in either Coors Field or Great America Ballpark, he would have 69 home runs now. But if he played his games at Comerica Park in Detroit, he would have 48. So there's all these sort of arbitrary things that go into it. I'm I'm not as enamored by this, guys, that we've talked about this as other people. But the more the judge struggles to hit it, the more I'm going to be invested in hoping that he does. Because he always fighting history. Like He's not just battling the difficulty every night out as a major leaguer. He's... He's battling the pressure of it. Are you are you Mets fan Andrew Bogus? Are you wrapped? Are you when they cut to these games? Are you because I'm not, but I'm I'm becoming mildly interested. I mean, I'm a tough sell to begin with. Um, so it takes a lot to get me to remember to be near a TV. But if I've been near a TV and I'm reminded of it, I will go watch his at bats. I am not having the Yankee game on start to finish by default in my house, so I don't miss history. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm the same. I always have TVs on in my house, so I tend to on sports. So I tend to see it. Are you into a detail? Because you got accused yesterday by your wife, by proxy on the nickname game of being a Eeyore, which I mistyped as eyesore in my notes. But you, you seem like you might be a secret nostalgia kind of guy. I'm more into it. I'm more with you. I'm more into it the further this drags out where we get closer to the end of the regular season. If Judge doesn't get to at least tie the mark, forget about breaking it. I actually, over the weekend, was in that, uh, I guess, the camp when the four-letter network actually showed the live play-by-play during college football coverage of Judge's at-bats. I was bothered by that, and so were a lot of people on social media. I am not into it. I am into it to say, is he going to get this? Is history going to get to him? Not is he going to get to history? I mean, the thing is, the number that matters is 70, right? Like, that's the actual hit 71, do it in a way that we can believe is without enhancements, erase the record that we pretend doesn't exist, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, good, and I'm good to go. That, that's, the mark, that's the mark that I need. I can't really just get all that excited about an American League record. Like, 61, yeah, it's cool, it's great. I just, I don't think there's a lot of national fanfare around it. Can I can I do a all-time great subject change, Bogus, that I find funny and is sort of making fun of D-Cell that I think might reinforce Alan's someone needs to be nice to Tom, but I found it very amusing? Okay. 
uh, yesterday, D. Snell sent you know an email in the morning with topics, and he, he wrote, "Hey, Rolling Stone released the top hundred shows of all time." I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I'm like, "I'll go look at it." And in the little you know his little here's what we should talk about. He wrote, "Fargo's number one of all time." I can't believe it, and I like Fargo, but I was kind of shocked it was number one, the number one show of all time. But so I was sort of shocked, and I went to to look at it. And Fargo is not the number one show of all time. Oh. I don't think it was even close. Oh, good. Diesel has trouble not just watching the TV, but reading the Rolling Stones. What happened there, dude? I stand by this. Every show that I looked at yesterday before I sent you this article has changed by one number. That thing no. was edited from the time I looked at it to the time you opened it. Everything was off by one. I stand by this, or I'm going crazy. So the number one show they have of all time... By the way, Fargo's not even in the top ten. Is Sopranos. But Atlanta comes in at number nine. Have you guys seen Atlanta? I have not. I know what it is. But wait, I need to go back to this. I'm sorry. We can't let, let him off the hook here. He said every show has been bumped by one. but So that would mean that Fargo is number two now, but they're Simpsons. not in the top ten? Simpsons is two. Let me find Fargo. Simpsons is two. Well, because I remember being outraged that Friends was 50, and now when I look at it, it's 49. Everything is off by one. (laughs) Breaking Bad is three. The Wire is four. Fleabag, which is an excellent show, very disturbing, about a sex addict, is five. Seinfeld is six. Mad Men is seven. I'm working my way through this. Cheers is eight. Mm -hmm. Atlanta is nine. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, which I've never seen a single second of. Is ten. None of those are Fargo. Where did you get Fargo? You were outraged about Fargo. I'm telling you, it was number one yesterday when I looked at this thing. It oh, was. I'm not going crazy. Succession is eleven, which seems a little high since it, it hasn't it hasn't finished. But I'll I'll stump for Atlanta. It's I haven't finished it. I'm a season behind. It, it, I don't even know how to describe it because sometimes it's social commentary. Sometimes it's a narrative about an aspiring rapper and his cousin who's his business manager. Sometimes it's a one-off that has, it's funny. There was one episode that had a Michael Jackson character who ate ostrich eggs and tried to kill them. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it is a strange, strange show, but it's really good. I was going to ask you, D-Cell, what is, what is the, your favorite show on the list? Like are any of these shows speak to you? I mean, the Sopranos I loved. And I mean, you'll get no, you know, no quibble from me that it's the number one show of all time, but probably if I had to go a little bit outside the box, I'd say Sons of Anarchy is right up there for me. Is it on the list? I thought Sons of Anarchy was a little yeah, it's, overwrought. It's on there. It's way down, though. Bogus, have you seen The Americans? Are you on The Americans train? Because I think that should be in the conversation Love, for the best of all time. Best of all time? I don't know about that, but top 15 show? I think so. Yeah, you nailed it because they are 14. All right. It, Look at you. They were three yesterday. They'll be nine tomorrow, and they'll be 47 by Monday in D-Sales world. <laughs> I'm just looking at your email. I don't I even see Fargo alone. on this list. I am not alone. There is a social media outcry that the number one show on this list has changed. Now, it's just uh, people on Twitter. No one have verified that I can find yet, but I am not alone on this. The number one show on this list did change. Was it ever Fargo, though? Yes, yes. No. People on Twitter are saying the same exact thing that I'm saying. I, Fargo's not even on the I can't even find Fargo on the list. It dude. was number one yesterday. It was there. I saw it with my own eyes. 
The Leftovers is in top twenty show. It took me years to finish that show because it's you are you are taking a bath in grief. It is nothing but grief. But that show is incredible. Have you guys seen I May Destroy You on HBO? Don't even know what that is. Never heard of it. I think it's almost too dark to even describe on, on the ra- on the on the radio. But it's it's supposed to be incredible. All right. I just wanted to. I just want to talk Thirty Rock. What about how is Only Murders in the Building not in the top five? All right, that's recency bias. I'm watching it with my daughter. It's amazing. Absolutely incredible. I'm going down a rabbit hole to either prove or disprove. It's right there. Are you searching on Twitter? Where are you launching your investigation? Google. Google. It's all over Twitter. I'm not alone. Read one tweet. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. There's multiple tweets here. Which one would you like me to read? Anyone you pick. Dealer's choice. I got to add D cell CBS. I got to do a quick edit here, real fast, to make sure there's no words that I can't say that aren't radio friendly. Rolling Stone, you're confusing me. You keep switching the number one show. Spoiler alert: it was switched between The Sopranos and Fargo twice. Ooh, it happened. It's real. Is it possible? I'm reading a Stephen King book right now, so this is why it's on my brain. Is it possible we're alternating between universes? Like, there's a little bit of a time flux capacitor. I think that's on the table. Issue. You really made me believe yesterday that I was going crazy. I apologize to you because I wrote it in my show prep email. I was going I nuts. So funny. I get things wrong all the time. I swore up no and way. down Fargo was number one. I looked at this list when you told me The Sopranos was number one, and I really felt that I was going crazy. I like that MASH, Sesame Street, and Deadwood are right next to each other on the list. <laughs> it runs the whole... I've never seen a single moment of MASH. Is that worth going back and watching? I've seen a few episodes. I'm surprised you had, you didn't watch it in an earlier portion of your life. Um, I mean, it's a, it's. a I think it, it holds up to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you should go catch up on however many episodes of MASH there were, because there were a lot. I was like, it was one of those things that lasted 50 seasons? I no interest. 50, but it was a lot. All right. Friday Night Lights is on here. As it should. A lot, lot of good stuff. Diesel. Diesel. What about Peaky Here's... Blinders? Oh, yes. Peaky on here? I did not see it on there. Whoa. I mean, there's a hundred There's a hundred TV shows. Peaky Blinders didn't make it? When I don't, when I was younger, when I didn't know what book to read, I would just go find some top hundred of all time novelists and just pick one that looked interesting. Diesel, get on here. Anything on the top twenty-five, I think, you would would be riveting for you. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of catching up to do. I've probably seen you know ten percent of this list. The Americans is amazing. I and the Americans ends in an amazing way, which not every show can claim. All right. Anybody want to bet on it when Aaron Judge gets this thing? I mean, I, we can't really do bets on the show because Tom won't pay them off. Mm-hmm. That's. I think it's possible he doesn't do it. By the way, and is that bad for baseball or good for baseball? I don't know. I'm the wrong guy to ask because I I do think that people are sort of tired of Yankee stories nationally, and maybe it, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe that's me, but that has certainly been my impression over the years in the many places that I have lived. I think it were if it were if it weren't Aaron Judge, I think people would be more. I really think if it was Shohei Otani or you know insert some some superstar somewhere else. I just I don't care as much as I should. Is this the talk of New York radio? Is WFAN doing this all the time? Uh, for the most part, but I mean, there's always time for football, and you've got Mets Braves, right? So you've got so it's a it's a 
it's not that big a deal. It's not 1998. Um, well, no, because, again, you're really splitting hairs here, putting him at 61. I, I think this would be a definitely different situation if he was on 70 right now. I agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, you know, that's well said. Maybe part of it is I just can't buy into the... Barry Bonds and the Sturridge era broke it for me, and maybe because the real record is 70, even though no one wants to acknowledge it. Like I saw that. I saw that. I can't even remember how many McGuire and Sosa hit. What, what were the numbers they got to? Do you guys remember? Um, Low 60s, right? Yeah, I thought I thought it was 63 that first time. Sosa got to because Sosa got to sixty a couple times in his career. Yeah, Sosa, he did it three or four. He right? has three sixty homer seasons, yeah. and that guy's a pariah. Yeah, I mean he's. I don't even know. When's the last time he spoke? Some weird media tour two or three years ago. I mean, the last time I remember seeing him was when he had like a skin condition or something. Right. And he like and people were, were freaking out about his appearance. He's just he's completely off the radar. Well, I, I hope Aaron. Here's what I hope. I hope Aaron Judge goes on a crazy historic tear and hits 11 home runs over the, the remainder remainder of the season. Um, do you want to do you want to make fun of Anthony Davis with me, Diesel? You into that? Uh, I don't know if I should be the one making fun of Anthony Davis, but yeah, let's make fun of the Lakers. All right, let's talk about Humpty Dumpty, uh, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers, and how all the Kings men cannot put them back together again after we get a CBS Sports Radio update. From Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. The Shield on this list worth talking about as well. Some good stuff on here, man. Have you seen The Shield? You would love that show, Tom. Not one second of it. Uh, Pete in San Jose called in to the D Cell Say Hi line at 855 212 CBS, toll-free. Odyssey paid for a free toll line for diesel, And um, said, quote, well, you, you tell me. When I, when I screen these calls, the first thing I say is, CBS Sports Radio, what's your first name? He says, Pete in San Jose, Diesel, I know it's you. I just want to say thank you for being born. To be fair, he should, I mean, technically he should be thanking your parents. But I get... <laughs> I no no it's true I I think I I feel the same way. Thanks for being born, buddy. You're welcome, I guess. Although as you stated, I don't think I had anything to do with it. It's an important part of the the the, the sort of life process is the being born. <laughs> yeah. I once while I moved to Dubuque, Iowa. I, I lived there. I moved to Chicago Burbs. I moved back my freshman year, maybe halfway through my freshman year of high school. Mister Kilgore's English advanced English class. It was a bunch of smart kids and me. I didn't know what I was doing in there. I wasn't in any of those classes in, in Chicago. And he's he asked the question, what's the one thing and the first thing you have to learn to do on your own in life? And I immediately knew the answer, but I was too, I was the new kid. I'm like, I'm not raising my hand. And no one got it. I'll never forget this. Do you know what the answer is? It's breathe. I'm like, breathe? Okay. Okay. Yeah, That not what I was going to guess. And that's where, like... Thank you for learning to be born. Kind of reminds me of that. Like, you're welcome. And, you know, we all we all breathe in our own. Random non sequitur. Here's another one. Every Wednesday, my daughter goes to school super early for activities every day. And so a lot of days, even though I, I leave the house early, I get done, you know, I'm out of here early because of the early show on the West Coast, I get to sort of wake her up and be like, hey, kiddo, you got 30 minutes, time to wake up. Every Wednesday, 
every Wednesday she gets to sleep in. She doesn't have that early thing. Every Tuesday night, she and my wife, and even my son, who's really not invested, is like, don't wake Madeline up. Do you want to know what happened today on the way out of the house? Uh, I have a guess. I have a little bit of a guess. Madeline, I love you. Good morning. You got 30. Dad, it's sleeping day. I am. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. (laughs) All right. See you later. (laughs) Bye, deuces. I'll go make myself another cup of coffee. All right. So um, NBA season's around the corner. I didn't have the guts last year. Last year, I put the Lakers at six or seven in my stupid who cares, nobody cares, unless you're my boss listening, then it's a great idea. We do it. Predictions for, for where everyone's going to finish. And his boss, one of the top bosses, called me. I was like, hey, the list looks great, but you're going to look pretty stupid um, if you put the Lakers down there. you gotta, you got to put them in the top four. I'm like, all right. <laughs> that was a mistake. No illusions this year. No con- The Lakers aren't going to be very good. LeBron James is still excellent, but they have no supporting cast. They don't have players around them. They don't have the shooters. They're not very good defensively. Russell Westbrook's still there. And and so Anthony Davis is weird, sort of trying too hard, chip on our shoulder, everyone's looking past us comment. Uh, For me, and you're going to hear it here, just speaks to a team that doesn't get it. We're treating this season like we have a chip on our shoulder. Um, We're the underdogs. Um, obviously, the world is looking to see what we do. But like you said, they're not talking about us, and that's fine. You know, we, we'd be under the radar. Um, our job is every day come in and get better. Not to be the grammar police, but if the world isn't, the whole world's looking at you, but they're not talking about you, what are you talking about? They're having a silent moment. Let's all look at the Lakers, but not say anything. That doesn't even make sense. And the best thing that I heard about this was from you, Tom. D said this morning, and it was early. It was before the, you know, waking my kid up too soon. On the phone, you go, when I heard he had a chip on his shoulder, I thought he got hurt again. Yeah, I saw this quote on social media transcribed, and when I saw the words Anthony Davis and shoulder, I thought, oh, no, he's already hurt. Training camp just started. How much time is he going to miss? I read the rest of the quote, and it was kind of did a little exhale, like, oh, okay, he's not actually hurt yet. Humpty Dumpty Davis. That's who he is. And and the notion, we'll talk to Howard Beck about this in about 10 minutes, NBA aficionado for Sports Illustrated, Anthony Davis saying he wants to play 82 games is is like me saying I want to dunk the basketball four times. How about I just make it up and down the court? How about Anthony Davis plays 62 games? Or 65? Let's get crazy. Play 70 games. Let's just, let's blow our minds. And it is a shame because LeBron James is still an exceptional player. He is still at an exceptional level of basketball. It is astounding as he approaches his 40s that he can do the things that he can do. But he is on a team that is a total disaster in large part because he has influence over the team and its decisions. Now, they got a championship in the bubble, and I don't put an asterisk next to it the way that most people do. It, it counts. It's real. So, so... I, I can't make the argument I, I, I believe deep in my heart, which is trading for Anthony Davis was a mistake and giving away all that young talent was an error in judgment. It wasn't because they got a championship. But I hope the Lakers and Lakers fans understand that they traded away that future for one shot of the championship, and they got it. They got it. They got it. There are no more coming. I don't even th- – I, I could be wrong. I'd be shocked because injuries can change the scope of things. I'd be shocked if the if the Lakers make a top six seed this year. Meaning, at best, I think they're going to have to do a play-in situation. And the West is really, really tough. And, and D-Cell, it kind of depends how you view some of these teams. 
But if you think like I do that Denver's going to be really good because Jamal Murray is healthy and because, in theory, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., is going to be healthy, if you think you know bad teams like the Thunder, and they're, they're bad, are going to be a little more formidable because they're younger. Now, they're going to make the playoffs, but I think that the Thunder are going to win more games, and they're not going to do that beating top six teams. They're going to do it settling more scores, breaking 500 against teams like the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to struggle from playing some of the bad teams. I mean, Utah's the worst team in the Western Conference because they've traded away every single player. But after that, it's hard to find a team that's markedly better or markedly worse, excuse me, than the Clippers or the Lakers or my ability to speak. Kind of all the same range. The Clippers are another team, and they have their own injury issues, but the Clippers are certainly going to be a dangerous playoff team. Clippers are going to be much better than they were last year, much more formidable. Denver is going to be much more formidable than they were last year. That is two teams that the Lakers have to face in terms of worried about eliminating them from postseason play and or a play-in situation or putting them in a play-in situation they didn't have to worry about last year. And there's still all the other teams that played really well. Dallas is going to be really, really good and really interesting. Obviously made that really deep run. Phoenix has some drama. And the fact that DeAndre Ayton hasn't spoken to his head coach since he was benched in Game 7, which we'll hit later in the show, is obviously a level of dysfunction in the extreme. The Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors. They speak for themselves. I think Memphis is going to be really, really good and really, really interesting this year. And you're already at enough teams to push the Lakers out of contention before you get into the fact that I think Minnesota could be pretty good. I I mean, I'm a big Anthony Edwards guy. You go through the Western Conference, Lakers are going to be bad. I I don't need Anthony Davis telling me he's got a chip on his shoulder and confusing D-cell thinking it's an injury. And to be fair, once you said it, I can't unhear it. You know, like, he's got an in No, because he is is Humpty Dumpty. The Lakers aren't very good. There's no other conclusion about that. My my, my wife is endorsing some people for school board here in, in our community. And we went to some mixer diesel, and I hate mixers. I'm not a fan. I, hi, I'm Lori's husband. Let's make small talk about <laughs> anything. But there were two young dudes, two high school dudes, who were the da- the, ki- the sons of friends of ours, and, and they want to talk about the Lakers. Everyone wants to talk about the Lakers, and it's such optimism. People go, oh, you cover the NBA. You think the Lakers are going to be good? And I just... No, man. They're going to be terrible. And it's just a buzz, such a buzzkill. But I got nothing else. Where does the small talk conversation go from there? Like, no, man, they stink. Well, I went and shook one of the young men, young dude's hands, and I, you know, I was taught to squeeze a hand, uh, you know, aggressively. Yeah, and firm handshake. I did notice he was in a cast. So that was a super great moment. Oh, no. He was okay. I didn't get him because it was his thumb that was, oh, yeah. So we talked about how he injured his thumb in a, in a soccer game. Then his, then his other brother, I went to shake his hand, and I joked, oh, do you have a thumb injury? He goes, yeah, and he held up a splint. They got separate thumb injuries. Yeah, we're not in a simulation. Cool, bro. Uh, Howard, back from Sports Illustrated, going to talk some hoops with us. I'm going to ask Howard if he thinks we're in a simulation. He'll hate that question. It'll be funny, though. It's next on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.